0: Welcome to Women Who Sarcast. I'm Kathy Barron. My guest today is a fear strategist, author, and singer-songwriter. She is committed to helping others cultivate strong relationships, rich creativity, and healthy money habits. She's on a mission to guide curious people to embrace fear so they can experience courageous living. Please welcome Nancy Berger.
1: So glad to be with you today, Kathy.
0: And thanks for being on the show. I'm very excited to talk about courageous living and how we can all get there. Yes,
1: it's a a process for sure.
0: And the first thing that we need to talk about is fear. (laughs) Because fear is the root of all evil.
1: It is, and my... My working premise is it's the it's the answer to good all things that are good for you if you choose to look at it that way.
0: And well, and that's just it. I mean, there's so many acronyms for fear out there, and there's one that I recently saw that was new to me. But I'm interested to know what your acronym is.
1: Yes, my acronym is find, enlighten, accept, and reframe. And that's sort of the root of all of my teaching and coaching and actually online course writing, which I'm in the middle of now. But I think that it, it is not an easy formula, but a simple one to find the things that you're afraid of, then shed some light on them, unpack them, deconstruct them a little bit so that you can accept them. And then you can pivot your thinking. Fear-based thoughts are, for me, the root of all evil more than fear. Mm. Yeah. The negative self-talk. Maybe it's not even negative self-talk, but as we were talking about before the show, your, your, your podcast on radical self-honesty, it's that sort of knee jerk. <laughs> hashtag blessed kind of bullshit thinking that gets us all into a sleepwalking pattern where, Oh, well, I really, it's really good. Everything's really good. You know, I really can't complain. You, you can complain if you're not feeling good in your skin, and usually there's a fear-based thought, and it could even be that. I have so much to be thankful for. Well, when you recite that to yourself over and over again, you it could be that you're trying to sort of eclipse something else.
0: Yeah, and it's like, well, you know, I'm not as bad as so-and-so, or I could be worse off, and you know, those are all, it's kind of like that don't should on yourself, you know? Yeah. It's Very great messy. that you're trying to be that positive, you know, affirmation kind of person, but is it really authentic? And, like you said, are you covering up the fear or something that needs to be addressed and you're just yeah. kind of sugarcoating it?
1: Yeah. And let's be clear I'm not, I'm not preaching something i don't practice because i was more guilty than maybe most uh, you know i spent decades just just made a career out of it like oh no it's okay it's okay no 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 you know i'm good it's good and it, a lot of things were not good mm-hmm. and and that's how i came to this work it wasn't because i woke up one day and said i wanted to be a fear strategist it's because i realized in living my life that I wasn't alone, that a lot of people were doing the same thing I was doing, sleepwalking in this kind of fear-based thinking that things just didn't feel great. But since they weren't horrifyingly miserable, it was going to be okay. And I just don't think, I think we all deserve better than that. Yeah.
0: So what exactly is a fear strategist?
1: What I do is I help people change their relationship with fear. So and what by that I mean, fearlessness is not something I subscribe to or believe in. I don't think it's mm. I don't think it's a thing. I think it doesn't exist. And I think that fear is an informant and an ally. And so many of us try to fight it all the time. And I think maybe women and young girls, you know, we're society is kind of preaching this fearlessness thing, which I think is a mistake. Because I think it dis- we disassociate from ourselves in a way. It's like, I'm just going to ignore it and I'm going to plow through. Going through is good, but in order to do it effectively, you really have to be able to sit with the thing that doesn't feel right and understand why it doesn't feel right. And that takes some work. And so that's what I teach. I teach actionable strategies that people can apply when they have these, you know, knee-jerk, fear-based thought patterns that keep them stuck into, in relationships or work or parenting dynamics, things mm-hmm. that don't serve them, whatever right. they may be.
0: So basically, life in general. Yeah. <laughs> yes, life in general. <laughs> so how does fear affect our relationships, whether they're romantic, family, friendships, work, relationships?
1: So much. More than maybe you would think. So here's an interesting little uh, tidbit. So when I sort of launched my platform, I gave away a sort of a little ebook called 5 steps to having difficult conversations. And I was really astounded at how much traction it got because it's a really a problem. And what I mean by that is people don't know how to like be honest and say no or or the, and that's all fear based. Like I asked one workshop I was running how many of you you know if you're invited to something that you don't want to attend you just say no thank you. No. My excuse, I make up a lie, I say something, you know, my cat's dying, or I my dishwasher's broken, or I have to, you know, whatever. And it's like that it really struck me how difficult it is for some people to just speak their truth because they're taking on what the other person's going to feel. Let the other person feel their feelings, and you aren't it's not your job. But that's how it affects relationships because we project so much. We don't want to be the one that's difficult. We don't want people to not like us. We don't want. So we jump 17 steps forward. Well, if I say no, thank you. I don't care to go. Well, all of a sudden, what? You're not nice anymore. Or your friendship's going to. Or in a romantic relationship, you feel disconnection. I would like us to be more connected. How can we do that? Oh, but they'll feel. Bad. Oh, my gosh. They'll feel... He's such a good guy. Such, she's such a great woman. What? That, yeah, that's good. They can be all those things. You can <laughs> right. still say this is not working really well. But mm-hmm. and it sounds a little simplistic and I don't mean to be cavalier about it. I'm just saying that there's a lot to it. There's layers there. And and what I help people do is kind of get through the layers so they understand why they're feeling what they're feeling and hesitant to to step forward and speak truth.
0: Right. And that kind of goes along with setting boundaries as well. Oh, yeah. And that's always a hard one for me.
1: I think it's a hard one for everybody, Kathy. It's a hard one for me. I don't. I can't think of one person who doesn't really have the little trouble with that, you know? Because mm-hmm. you don't want to... Of course, we, we're social beings. Humans are social. We want, you know, we don't want to be the one that's cast out of the tribe and left to die in the woods. You know, we want to be you know, loved and understood, but you also have to be kind to yourself and, you know, be mindful of what feels right in your body, in your mind, in your heart and what doesn't. And sometimes it's just as, it just takes sitting with it and stripping it down to the basics. What feels wrong? Start there. And then we can sort of build a path forward.
0: Yeah. You'd mentioned that it's not our responsibility for the other person can you speak a bit more about that
1: so when you know you want to communicate with someone about something that isn't working for you in a relationship or maybe something that is bothering you about either maybe something somebody else said or dynamic and you know i think that we knee jerk to the step three so step one would be say i'm talking to a girlfriend I'm feeling uncomfortable with how you spoke to me the other day. Let's just take an example. I'm feeling uncomfortable with our exchange the other day, with our phone call, with our visit, whatever. It's not that we don't care what the other person thinks, but we're not responsible for how they experience us. Yet so many of us take responsibility for how we are experienced. So my whole, the whole concept is if you... If you communicate in your life with respect, kindness and compassion and you speak truth that way, there's no reason for you to feel sorry or worried, really, if you think about it logically, but we do, we jump forward. Oh, but they're gonna think, they're gonna think, they're gonna feel, they're gonna that's their business, that's their mm-hmm. job. But stay in your lane, you know, just stay in your lane and and, and honor yourself. And that means when you say something that you might think is controversial, don't apologize for it. You're just speaking, you know, there's just an epidemic of apology and, and walking on egg eggshells sometimes. And I, I, that's hard for me to, to witness because probably because I did so much of it and now I don't, it's like, you know, a smoker right. that doesn't smoke anymore. They're only too happy to talk about it, but <laughs> I just think it, it, it harms us. You know, I think it's destructive.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So is feeling stagnant, AKA stuck really about fear or is it more than that?
1: Well, I think fear is a component for sure. Mm -hmm. Because if you have fear-based thoughts around things, be it relationships, your, your career path, your whatever, take your pick. If you have fear-based thoughts around it, it, it keeps you sort of frozen. There's other things, a lot of other things. I mean, there's there's early imprinting, there's first family dynamics, there's all our past relationships. In fact, one of the things, the tools that I use with workshops and clients that's really effective is, I give them a template for their fear journey. It's kind of like a little fear resume, like what with road signs, and the road signs represent, you know, maybe pivotal times in your life, things that ha- have affected you and helped you cultivate your relationship with fear. It might be, you know, when I was uh, 12, I was embarrassed when I tried to, you know, audition for something, or I had a new idea in the classroom, or my parents, you know, squelch something or whatever it is. And when people kind of have to think back to these different crossroads in their lives, you kind of can develop a... a a picture of how you've cultivated this relationship with fear and it's unique to everybody. So while, you know, you might have, you might be triggered by the thought of, uh, you know, performing a song in front of a group because of your experience at, at a high school audition, another person will have a completely different experience with that. They might have had a first family that were all performers and, you know, mm-hmm. encourage them in that direction. Do you see what I mean? So yeah. it's really important to be able to Think back and, and, and deconstruct your own fear relationship. And that, that's a, that's an important part of the teaching that I do. And, and I think it really is cathartic for a lot of people.
0: Yeah, that sounds pretty deep. Um, and, you know, it's hard to go deep sometimes because you don't want to relive those moments and what it instills in you, what that emotion feels like. So it is hard work. It is.
1: And unfortunately, like, you know, the most emotional that we get, those are the things that deserve our attention, right? Mm -hmm. So when people say, ah, triggers me and I really don't, sometimes you got to just feel it. And, and I always stipulate, you know, I'm not a therapist. I mean, I've been in therapy for, you know, the better part of 30 years, but I'm not a therapist. That said, I do know from my own experience and work, with my own fear-based thinking that stuff bubbles up that you might not be expecting necessarily. Mm -hmm. Um, And sometimes it requires deeper work, right. With a different kind of support system or whatever, but it's the first step, right. Just seeing what those things are and what a gift to yourself. So fear is like, I think it's a gift. It tells you what you, what you need to know to have a good life. Mm -hmm. It's like, Dorothy and the Ruby Slippers. I use this all the time, this metaphor. You 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 have the the, the juice. You know, you can you, you have the information you need. Now you just have to figure out, you know, what it means, how I can accept it and then how I can reframe it and and build a better path for myself. Yeah. So courageous living
0: and courageous choosing. Can you tell me more about what it means to live courageously and also choose that way as well?
1: Yeah. So living courageously means different things to different people. So I can, I can say what it means to me um, and how it brought me to this place in my life where I wanted to help other people uh, understand sort of their, the way they approach fear. Um, I, you know, accepting the fact that I was not happy in my life was the was such a watershed moment like it was so but it took me so long to get there and so for me courage is not doing something I'm afraid of doing for me courage was really looking in the mirror and saying to myself it's not working Nancy it's just not working um and, you know, I had, I, I, I had some challenges, mental health challenges and different things that, you know, the worse it got, the worse they got. Hmm. And none of it was dramatic, like, you know, reality TV grade stuff. You know, I had a, I lived in an upper middle class community in Connecticut with two healthy children and a husband that loved me and all of these things. And if anything, those things were the things that kept me from being radically honest with myself. Right. When you're not feeling good in your skin, there's a reason for it, right? And anger is never a first emotion, right? So when you start acting out differently or you start, it's a long answer, but courageous living and courageous choosing meant for me, staring myself in the face, saying you gotta, this is not sustainable, And then choose to do it differently by breaking it all down, figuring out where it's all coming from, and making the changes that you need to make. And they're not easy to do all the time. Mm -hmm. You know, I ended a 27-year marriage. That was not fun or easy, leaving a lovely man. But it wasn't working, right? There was no furniture getting thrown, no abuse, no. Right. just wasn't. My life wasn't working for me. Mm -hmm. So I started the process, courageous choices, getting the support system, asking the right questions, focusing on what I wanted my life to be. And then I started cultivating these strategies that I used for myself. And I figured, well, maybe they can help somebody else. It's not fun to feel shitty and not want to get out of bed. Yeah, And you don't, to your point, It's not like, oh, but, you know, let me count my blessings. Okay, I think that's a good thing to do, not to the exclusion of building the life you want.
0: Right, and that's hard to come up with what you want your life to look like. I mean, that's a heavy-duty question, and a lot of people either can't answer it or are afraid to answer it or honestly don't know how to answer it. And it was courageous of you, to start those steps of building a life that you wanted to live. And when other people are involved, yeah, it's a lot more difficult because you have, in a way, others to consider as well as yourself.
1: You do. And the judgment of others is a difficult thing to not allow in. Um, And when, you know, being called selfish – self-indulgent. I mean, these are all things I experienced and it's hard to not listen. It's hard to not let it in. And it's hard to not feel bad about yourself at times, but I say it all the time. And my, my mantra was, I'm just going to do this with kindness. I'm just going to be kind and respectful as I move along. And hopefully what goes around comes around and it'll be okay. And if it's not, well, we'll take, you know, cross that bridge and we we'll come to it. But I'm happy to say that it worked well. Right. It worked well for me, but it took years and years. And I didn't, and, and, I, and I appreciate your comment that it was courageous. I didn't feel that I was being courageous at the time. I felt that I was, I had no other options. I was either going to change things or I was going to stay the same. Mm-hmm. And, and and when you have children, particularly, it's like, what am I modeling for them? What am I showing them if I remain sort of in the dark space? Oh, mom's having one of those days. She's not coming out of her room too much. You know, she's, is that what, how about if we all just go through the tough stuff together and they see that you can do this for yourself?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So I, I surrounded myself with a lot of support and a lot of good folks to help me through and it is possible. It just takes some time and practice. Yeah.
0: So how can we look at fear as like a frenemy, instead of (laughs) something that we need to flee? Like, how can we embrace fear? And what are some steps um, or exercises that people can take to name their fear and kind of move through it?
1: So one of the one of the effective exercises that I, that I like to do with people is the finding fear exercise. Um, it's the first step, right? So it requires, I, I, I like to think about it. Like, I don't know if you're a Harry Potter fan, but mm-hmm. the Harry Potter books. Okay. So the cloak of, of invisibility, right? Mm-hmm. I want one of those. I want want one of those. And I say, you know, envision yourself sort of in a cloak of honesty, like really sit with yourself, pretend there's nobody listening. And then anything you say is okay, what feels wrong? So what thoughts feel bad to you? How does it feel in your body? And how is it manifesting in your life? But you, you have to be honest about it. Like, your relationships, your friendships, your romantic relationships, your work relationships, how you feel about your body, how you feel about money, how you like just list them. What are they and how do they feel in your body? And then how is it showing up? And it, it's kind of grueling, but it after some time, people get dig in a couple layers.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I was giving a talk to a, a college entrepreneurship class about fear of failure and one of the kids, I asked you know, them to say what their fears were. And this young man said, I'm afraid I won't be able to pay my student debt. OK, so what does that mean exactly? Mm-hmm. Well, I won't be. Able, no, no, no. But why wouldn't you? And like we had to keep going. And then what? And then what? And then what? And then what? And he finally got to, well, I won't. My resume won't be good. and I won't get a job that'll pay me well. A ding, 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 ding. OK. Mm. Now, how can you affect change in that? How can you control that? And then suddenly it's different right? But it took, it took a good five to 10 minutes to get there. And that's student debt. When you're talking about your marriage or your, Mm -hmm. you know, career path, I mean, sometimes it takes people, Kathy, aren't really good at articulating their feelings. In fact, Mark Brackett, that's PhD at at, at Yale, researcher, neuroscience guy, very cool guy, wrote a whole book about it, permission to feel. People have trouble identifying what they're feeling. So, the beginning is taking the time to do that because then you can say, okay, there's something I can do about that. Once you get to this, the basics, right? Right. And I think a
0: lot of people don't feel like they can do anything because at the surface, it seems like they can't, but they, like you said, they kind of need to peel that old onion again, comes back. Yep. You got to peel back the layers yep. and I was a massage therapist for seven years and when you talk about feel what does it feel like in your body a lot of people aren't in tune with their body no they're totally like from the neck up yes and that's that in itself is a step to a lot of things
1: oh my goodness
0: so once people kind of understand what that means, and when someone says, you know, where do you feel anxiety? Where do you feel fear? You know, where do you feel anger in your body? That's kind of a huge check-in. And uh, I think a lot of people are just disassociated with anything because of that armor, whether it's trauma or, you know, mm-hmm. an experience that they have, you know, the body armor that we ourselves put on ourselves and our body is definitely something that we need to chisel through on a constant basis sometimes.
1: Oh, absolutely. And I think in, you know, like I did a post recently about, you know, intimacy and, and what it means, what it doesn't mean, you know, mm-hmm. but again, like in relationships and romantic relationships, we talk about intimacy as if it's sex, it's not sex. Mm hmm intimacy requires connection with another person romantic or otherwise it doesn't have anything to without that the rest doesn't work you know mm-hmm. so so but again that's requires you to tune in and tap into your body like you know and usually if you stick with it people will say oh well when i get angry i, I sometimes get a little shaky in my stomach but at first many people say oh well, i feel it in my head you know i feel it in my brain no you don't No, you don't. You feel it somewhere else. Right. No, you don't wanna you don't wanna piss people off either. So you have to just go slowly. (laughs) Right. Exactly.
0: Yeah, I think it's interesting with the time that I was a massage therapist and just allowing people, you know, giving them permission and validating what they were experiencing, that it's okay to acknowledge what you're feeling. In your body, because it's it's real. You know, it's It's telling you something. You walk into a room, you know, and your body's feeling a certain way. You know, listen to that. It's almost like an intuition. Listening to your intuition.
1: And with fear, it's like you know, people say, "Oh, well, I'm afraid of you know spiders or." which I am, or I'm afraid of, you know, um, deep water, whatever it is. That's an entirely different thing. That's really not what, what I'm talking about. That's a different part of the brain and that's really our fight or flight response. So we're talking at the fear that we're talking about right now, you know, you, it's tougher. Like when you see, when I see a spider, my stomach knots up, of course, but the fear of like, you know, that, you know, my connection with my children will, would suffer because I left my marriage. That's a deeply rooted fear that I had to really deconstruct. Mm-hmm. And a lot of what I do is I actually get people to discern between fact and fiction, which is another difficult thing because the fact list is usually very short and the fiction list is usually extremely long. Because, you know, we just create all these narratives. So it takes something that's very lofty, this concept of fear. And you can really break it down into digestible chunks. That, And that's what I try to do. And then help people rebuild, sort of put the bricks back together. After they understand better why they're feeling the way they're feeling, it's pretty powerful what can happen then, right? Because mm-hmm. you're moving forward in an informed way. Not kind of just like knee jerking your way through life that's that's not it's just not not fun, and it's right. certainly not you you deserve more, you know we all deserve more, I think,
0: yeah, I wanted to go back to what you said about fearlessness,
1: yeah, I think it's I think it's a fallacy mm-hmm. I think it's a nice buzzy word, it looks good on you know like on the no public. fear. Yeah, yeah. No fear. Be fearless. Be a badass. You know, be a I think that's all great. Being a badass is wonderful. I'm all for it. But I don't think fearlessness is the foundation upon which you can live a badass life. I think fearlessness does not exist. And I think that thinking it does is not a sustainable approach because they're there and they tap you on the shoulder all the time. But how about be be enlightened about your fear? I think that's a more powerful springboard. I know if I lose my shit about something, that's the thing that is the most layered for me. And I still do it and I still, but today the difference is I notice it. It's kind of more of a meta thinking thing. I'm like, wow, Nancy, you really lost your shit right then. So there's a reason for it and I, step back and then i kind of pull it apart after i have a freak out or cry or whatever right. believe me I'm, i do what everybody does <laughs> okay. but you know when you approach it that way there's no i mean how could there be such a thing as fearlessness first of all I, we wouldn't exist if we weren't afraid it's an such an important part of the human experience it's 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 helped us survive as a species it's you know. But these deeply rooted, complex fears that we have cultivated as a as a, as a species over time, all come from dynamics, interpersonal dynamics, uh, how we're raised, how, you know, what people have said to us over. I mean, it it's not it's not rocket science. It just takes time to pay attention to it. And because we're thinking beings, right? We we accept our thoughts as reality. Mm -hmm. But thoughts are choices. Feelings are not choices. Thoughts are choices. So take a look at your thoughts. Notice them. They're there to tell you something and take the information. But ignoring fear, I'm not sure, you know, how is that sustainable? Because it's not like it's not going to bubble up again. Like whack-a-mole. Like that, (laughs) that (laughs) you know, that's
0: It's a fun game to play, but (laughs) I don't know (laughs) if I'd want to do it as a life thing.
1: (laughs) Right. I go back to like the teaching someone to fish or handing them a fish, you know, whack-a-mole and your fear, you know, you're, you're just someone's handing you the fish. Why don't you figure out what the fear is, where it came from, how you can reframe it, pivot out of that thought process. Then the next time you'll do it again. The next time you'll do it again, it's like playing the piano. Then you'll get good at it. Mm -hmm. So I don't, I don't mean it's easy. I don't mean to imply that it's easy, but with time and, and, and resolve, it can make huge change in the way you experience your life. Yeah.
0: So can you tell me about the Fear Finder Research Project?
1: Yeah, so that's really uh, a survey that I created to gather data. So, you know, my writing and my work is evidence-based. I mean, I'm not a a neuroscientist or a therapist. I've been a writer for 25 years, so I understand the power of research and evidence. And so... What I, the fear finder project was just the name I put on the, the survey that I created, a 2021 20, question survey that, you know, a bunch of people have taken and that gives me additional data from which I can write content that is, you know, focused on my audience and helps them understand a little bit better this whole concept of finding fear. So it's, it's just my way of trying to keep track of trends and how people are approaching these different areas that I kind of talk about relationships, money, creativity, parenting, work. So do you find that there's like
0: a particular type of fear that more people are afraid of, like fear of failure or success? or?
1: One of the uh, interesting things that jump out from the survey data is that changes in relationship status is a real sticky one. Hmm. I've gotten a lot of uh, answers that enlighten me on that like yeah that's the thing that really gets under my skin then I you know tried to focus on that a little bit in my talks and workshops and stuff because I think that's a real struggle for a lot of people and it could be any kind of relationship you know mm-hmm. when you dig in a little a lot of people do have trouble taking up space I'm not feeling good about this but they don't know how to change it or to ask for change and you mentioned your
0: online course workshops
1: Yeah, I have a, I'm writing an online course that will uh, probably launch in the first quarter of 2021 um, called The Fear Formula, How to Get Unstuck and Lean into Courage. Um, And it's a six module course um, that gives, you know, actionable strategies like we've talked about today, but, you know, very broken down into modules with lots of you know collateral information worksheets and different things and group zoom calls and coaching and different things but mm-hmm. it's been a big project uh for me i've been working on it for the better part of six to eight months so hopefully it will launch on time and help people figure their shit out that figure sounds out great deep shit, Kathy. <laughs> <laughs> that's
0: right the real deep shit we got to figure it out <laughs> Yeah. So it's a lifelong thing for sure.
1: It totally is. Just like most things that matter, you know, it's iterative. Little you, you chip away at it. I mean, I chipped away at it for a couple of decades. I'd like to take some of those some of that time off for other people. <laughs> right? That maybe they don't have to spend as much time wanting to stay in bed as yeah. I did
0: and i think that's important too yeah
1: yeah cuz it sucks to feel bad it it sucks to not be excited about you know what's coming in a day you know it 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 sucks to not want to leave your house or to just feel like you're unhappy and then you feel like there's something wrong with you cuz you're unhappy like you're ungrateful or you're mm-hmm. you're being you know It's just, it's so mired in self-judgment and so I figure if I can spread some medicine to some patch of the planet and it teaches people, even one person to think a little differently, that'd be awesome.
0: Well, I'm looking forward to seeing the online course and you can find Nancy Berger at nancyrberger.com and on all social media platforms. Thank you so much for being on the show. I've loved it. And we'll definitely have you back because I know there's other, we need to dig a little bit deeper. I think I this was my, just scratching I got the surface. So. I got
1: my hip waders. I got my gloves. I got my <laughs> shovel. Let's go,
0: Kathy. All right. It's a deal. <laughs> Thank you so much, Nancy. Thank you, Kathy. Thank you for listening to Women Who Sarcast, an independent podcast. We welcome and encourage your snarky comments. Contact us at Women Who at yahoo.com and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Women Who Sarcast. Support us on Patreon and become part of our sarcastic community. Visit www.patreon.com backslash Women Who Sarcast. Show music provided by Mike Mbassiani.